Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. We're back, uh, hour number two on FST, the weekend Memorial Day weekend edition. I'll, I'll get that right. We're coming out of the break one of these times. Yeah. I, I it's okay, so. buddy. It's funny because uh, we had the holiday. It was like May 2-4, and I'm like, okay, it's the like our, our holidays a week before. I'm like, May 2-4, you know, what, what the hell is going on here? Like, they had the wrong date, so it's okay, Mike. I, I'm with you, buddy. Anyway, hope uh, hope everybody has a great weekend. Get the barbecues fired up. Uh, get to see yep. friends and family that you haven't got to see. That's what it's all about. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, we're, we're having fun today talking about a lot of different topics, which we don't always get to, but um, we're going to focus on the NFL right now because there's a lot to talk about. we got Bob Long coming up in about 20 minutes from Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. We'll talk fantasy football. We'll talk about his outlook on various teams. Um, but we did talk about it just based on the sounder we just heard and what Cam and I talked about in the previous hour about the Dolphins. I, I do think that while they're not going to say it, and sometimes it's difficult for football teams to truly tank, like in basketball, you yep. can truly tank. Like you just put the good player, like Philly when they were, trust the process, Philly was acquiring players that they knew weren't going to be able to win with any consistency. They were stockpiling draft picks and putting players out there that were all the entire roster was like under 24 years old and they just they weren't uh, all-star quality players football it's a little bit more difficult because every guy on that roster is playing for his next contract as hard as he can not to say they don't do that in the nba but there's so the talent levels are relatively close in the nfl that you can't guarantee that you're going to lose every game for the browns to do that is really difficult to do you have to really not know what you're doing in order to lose every game but on the Dolphins front I've said this a bunch of times before I'll say it again I think unfortunately Josh Rosen is going to be in the exact same position a year from now where he will get drafted over in Miami I think they'll probably be the worst team uh, and even if they're not who else would be there? It, the only other team I could see being bad to the point where they would also need to draft one of those quarterbacks is Cincinnati. Uh, I don't think anybody else that is in dire need of a QB will be that high up the draft board. And I think Cincinnati's made enough changes that they can scrape out five or six wins. Oh, yeah. Think about Cincinnati. It's, it's weird, Mike. When I'm looking at the projections in Miami. I just, I just think they're way off because every other team, the, the lesser lights are getting better. New England is New England and Miami's doing nothing. You hear reports, oh, you know, uh, there's competition for every position. Okay, great. Who's Who the hell is going to be their starting running back too? That's another That's another problem. They have problems on the line. It's not It's not just a one-time problem. You look at the receivers too. Yeah, I like Kenny Stills, but, you know, Devontae Parker, he's always in. Jakeem, Jakeem Grant's one hit away from uh, not being in the league. Albert Wilson. Like, you look at, you look at these guys like not there is nothing that Miami puts on the field that instills fear in anybody Rosen also with a new team hell you know with call uh, with with the Cardinals I didn't think he really got a fair shake but it's not like he's he gonna didn't. get much 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 protection here either it's another no. situation right so he's gonna get murdered out there he's kind of an old school quarterback he's mobile but not great like you know what I mean he's gonna get hit a lot and, and it's gonna be a real problem I'm with you and I'm looking at books and I'm seeing the Miami Dolphins five and a half. I, I, and I like my eyes are popping through the computer screen there. Like I'm like, I'll at, take at that. best, at best, I think they win four or five games. I mean, at best, that's like the perfect 
storm. I think they can maybe win five if everything goes right, and it won't. Everything won't go right. I think they're a three-four win football team. They're going to be awful, and uh, yeah, I'm going to take the five and a half, Mike, and I'm going to I'm going to definitely go under. It's going to be a real long season for Rosen, and that the thing is, I, I'd be more confident. But you look at the offensive line has a lot of questions too, and he's going to need a perfect offensive line to do the things they want to do. We don't know about the running game too, and they have a bunch of the same old receivers, a couple burners, but undersized. Like it's just one of those things. Like I'm looking at Miami and going, they're bad, like real bad. The the talent level on offense is is poor. It's uh, dismal. It, yep. It's they they have a long term left tackle in Laramie Tunsil that they gave they exercised the fifth year mm-hmm. option on. They have a second year tight end in Mike Kosicki. You call it an incomplete grade because what do you know about rookie tight ends? Virtually nothing. Uh, the Parker Stills Bryce Butler Jakeem Grant depth chart yeah. is bad again stills i know some of our guys uh, especially at daily roto think stills is eternally underrated uh, and that may be the case but parker is an oft injured guy fitzpatrick is apparently tearing it up at otas but do you really want him to play out the season fitzpatrick was a a plan c kind of situation for them josh rosen is the guy that really should be starting but he's going to be starting for a first-time head coach by the way a boston college former boston college safety linebacker just a couple of years yep younger than me and brian flores i'm glad he's getting this shot but he's getting a shot on a team that is in the middle of being blown up i think he'll get a fairer shake than steve wilkes got because i think it's assumed by everyone that we are building this from the ground up. Um, so Josh Rosen is working with Kenyon Drake, a subpar at best offensive line, that wide receiving core I just talked to you about, and a second-year tight end that we don't really know what he is yet. Defensively is the one area that I think Flores could have an impact to help them because in drafting Christian Wilkins, they have Minka Fitzpatrick as a first-round yeah. pick from last year, and they just extended Xavier Howard to make him the highest-paid corner in the history of the league depending on how you measure the contract what about the linebackers smart. what about the, the the linebackers are concerning to me like he Alonso, he's an older Kiko guy Alonso but, is a, he puts up stats but he isn't that yes guy. yeah Man. bobby mcclain and uh what Requan mcmillan like i'm looking I, i'm i'm like jerome baker like i'm looking at these like i can understand you're right they got a lot of youth on the defensive line, and I think that could be potential there. That's that's good. The cornerback, they they have some real talent. I like, yeah, Mika Fitzpatrick at safety. Like they're good that way. But I'm looking at the core of the linebacker positions and even the depth. I think it's a real concern, Mike, and that's that's a problem. <laughs> I, they're going to be on the field too bad. much. Yeah, they are. They're going to be on the field way too much. That, uh-huh. I, I I think this is the worst team, top to bottom. And a lot of people are saying that, but I've been on board. That seven and nine that they pulled off last year was gambler's paradise for one reason. They had a very easy schedule the way it's set up for them. They played a couple of good teams. They played Oak. They played Tennessee yeah, right out of games the games on flukes. The yes. by putting Gronkowski on the field on the on, on the crazy return play and whatever. They had a lot of their like, total late, lucky was six plays cam, too. and they won. <laughs> they they went over because of the miracle. Uh, Hail Mary. They yep. played the Bears in 100-degree heat in September. They got the Raiders in September before when they were in the middle of blowing up the entire thing. Um, so they got to seven in a miraculous fashion, and I think if you dive deeper into the numbers, you realize it really wasn't that good of a team. So I think that's where we're at on the Dolphins. Unfortunately, the books I'm seeing this morning are both at four and a half. I would really? still take the under, but I, if I'm – if if you're listening at home, I think you have to shop around to find that five or five and a half that can. I was going to say, Mike, because, you got yeah. my address. If you or we could do a wire transfer, I can go put it on one of my books that you got. Exactly. And it's only at five and a half to get that extra uh, extra juice. It's only like. I thought it would be like maybe even like sixty cents. Like they'd create like the juice would be crazy. It's five and a half with forty cents. I can deal with that. For that extra game, I could deal with that. That's it's, Same. It, you know, it, that's a five and a half minus one forty under looks good to me for the Dolphins. And yeah, the thing about uh, and another so, thing about the offensive yeah. line, and we'll get to another team. All, all all their depth guys are rookies. Like if they have any type of key injury, they're they're toast. So that's right. Good luck right. to you. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, how do you want it? You want to do divisions or just to make the playoffs? Uh, you want to go just to make the playoffs? You want to go through some of those guys? Some 
to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so right now on my book, I'm looking. Let me see. We got. I could see how they spread it out here. Uh, they got regular season wins, uh, season specials. What do you got? MVP, conference, division. I like the I like to make the playoff one. I because I'm on my other book. They have that, and I. So I'll, I'll throw these out at you. Sure. We'll we'll, we'll discuss. So let's. Uh, all right. Let's go with your team first. I'm gonna go NFC teams. We'll go to the Seahawks right here. Uh, where the heck are they? Um, are they, are they not, do they not have odds for them right now? Yeah, no, they got, uh, for, I know they have wins totals. So I was just going to tell you, I got it. Seattle to make the playoffs. I got it. Um, Seattle to make the playoffs. (laughs) Yes. Yes. is plus plus one thirty. Yeah. It's pretty short odds here. Dallas is shorter odds than that. I'm just looking at everybody in the NFC. Uh, the Falcons are plus 138. The Bears and Green Bay are short, really short, minus 110, minus 104. I think that probably speaks to their fan bases laying money in there. Philadelphia at minus 156. I think we know why Philly and Dallas's odds are so short. It's because the Giants are a disaster and Washington is in the middle of sort of injury hell. Uh, and are dealing with a rookie quarterback. I actually liked what Washington did during this offseason. So do I. I just don't know. I, I Look, I, I'm not a huge fan of the, that team and the way that everything's run there, but Washington at plus 450 to make the playoffs, I, I, I'm not a huge fan, and the problem is that they're dealing with Philly and Dallas, but those are pretty long odds that I wouldn't mind taking a shot at. If you look at that roster, especially defensively, it's a good team. I'm with you. I, I On paper. I, I, on paper, I think it's a good team. I think they're going to win games with their defense. I always have problems with the receiving core uh, there, Mike. It's uh, yes. one of the one of no, those things in problem. Washington. It's a huge problem. Um, I, I don't know. I, the, thing, the thing about it, though, is the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they have a lot of question marks, and that's what helps Washington's total, right? So you have... Carson Wentz coming back. You know, they talk about getting the back healthy, the OTAs. Dallas, the Elliott thing will pass over, even though he's a stooge, and I think he should stay at home and not go to rave parties and stuff like that. I look at Washington. I love their defense. I have big questions at the receiver position with them. Um, and the thing about the Redskins is, I in that division, I'm really, really, really – not sold on Philadelphia. I, Carson Wentz, with his injury history, you don't have that Nick Foles kind of uh, backup plan anymore. What are you going to do? Throw in Nate Nate Sudfeld? Or, yeah. <laughs> do you under, like, option, you know what yeah. I you, you know what I mean, Mike? And, and there's a yeah. very very good possibility that he does get hurt. You know what I mean? So I think Philadelphia backers, you have to be very concerned about this team. I think they're fragile and thin. And if that happens, that helps the Dallas Cowboys to the over. If you like them or Washington and the over in Washington, right for Washington right now on FanDuel is six. That's nuts. They could, they win six games. They have to win six games. Yeah. Don't you think they went like, seven, like what? Like what do you do? What skin? Seven games? Seven eight games? Like I, think I, I could see them going five hundred this year. Yes, uh, it's a rookie quarterback. But honestly, I think Haskins landed in a great spot. I like Jay Gruden as an offensive coach. So do I. I think he's. I think he's, he's had some challenges with Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder running the organization, um, and we'll see how it works out. It's grazer incomplete. But I actually think with all the disasters before and saying Dan Snyder's taking over the first round, I think they played it well. I think they signed a couple of guys during the offseason. The defense is strong up front, and now they got Dwayne Haskins. The receiving core is an issue, but they have Geis coming back. The offensive line is good, even if not deep. The defensive line is really good. And I, I think they scratch out seven or eight wins easy. And it, I, honestly, I was just talking about them winning the division at plus 450. It wouldn't stun me because Dallas is always a gong show it, yep. it, waiting to happen. And Philly, like you said, there's two teams right now that have issues at quarterback that doesn't, doesn't seem at first glance like they have issues at quarterback. Tennessee and Philly. Because they have injury-prone quarterbacks that they are, have to decide soon whether or not to extend them. If Mariota plays great this year and he plays fourteen, or if he plays sixteen games, it could be. And I like Mariota, but it could be a false reading, so to speak. Do you know what I mean? 
because Definitely. he plays this could be the one season where he plays his 16 games and then you put down 150 million dollars for the guy and then what? Then he gets then then he's then he gets banged up, right? My I can see right. I can see totally see that playing out on my book. Listen to this one. Consi- considering we were talking about the Redskins, I got plus 500 on them just to make the playoffs on one of my sports books. Plus 500. Redskins no playoffs, minus 800. Redskins yes to playoffs, plus 500. You give me 5 to 1, not even winning the division, maybe slip. That that's the beautiful thing if you get in as a wild card even like 5 yeah. to 1 is even better than plus 450. Um it's it's something that you I definitely definitely would consider. I think there's a lot of value there and I I I'm going to tell you Mike, the Philadelphia Eagles wins under is going to be on my ticket just for just because I think they're being overinflated in the marketplace, and I think they're one injury away from disaster. And that, nine and, and a half if anything, on if anything, sportsbook. Ooh, nine, I, saw, I saw some tens early. Nine and a half. Ooh, yeah, I, yeah. I At nine have. and a half, I'm probably going to lay off. I think I'll lay off too. Moves. If it was ten I flat, I'd take it. I mean, yes. I would definitely take it. I need it to move. Um, I'm going to check what one of my favorite teams and Dave. Dane Martinez is already blowing up my spot with this one, but uh, I'm going to tell you, yeah, Atlanta at eight and a half. I think they're in. I think Atlanta lines up for a really big bounce back. I do too. Uh, they obviously had a brutal season last year, but it was really entirely based on the fact that they got very injured early. They lost Keanu Neal. They lost Dion Jones. Um, and they lost Ricardo Allen all before the month of October rolled around. Jones is the only one that eventually came back, but he effectively missed 10 games, uh, and they went 7-9. and nine. Uh, New yeah. Orleans obviously had a great season. Carolina was 7-9. and nine. Uh, In fact, Atlanta, I'll try and look. I'll see if I can get it really quick, what their prop I, is to win the division. Yeah. Their, to win the division, Atlanta is at... Plus three eighty, New Orleans at minus two thirty. Wow! So you gotta like those odds. I don't see Carolina and Tampa taking that division. I think it's a two-team race uh, for the NFC South, at least the way things look right now. I agree with you. And if you don't want to even do that, you're thinking, you know, I'm scared about the Saints, Mike. You're getting plus money. Falcons to make the playoffs plus one seventy. Falcons yeah. not to make the playoffs minus 210. I think that's definitely going to be clicked. And you talked about an underrated, unheralded defense with guys who got hurt early and they still squeezed out a win. They're, that defensive team is getting better. It used to be, uh, you know, a real weakness. It's turning into a strength of that team. I'm with you. I, I, I think the Falcons to make the playoffs at plus 170 is a good bet. They franchised Grady Jarrett. And the way their season went, it all fell apart when everybody got hurt. I think people don't remember. Atlanta scratched their way back. They were basically 5-5, five and five, yep. and it just didn't go well. They were out of gas because of the injuries, and it put them in that position. So we're going to come back with Bob Long, a fantasy football consistency guide. We're going to talk about everything. Player rankings, props, how his Browns look for 2019. He's just another guy on the bandwagon, I'm sure. But we'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back. Memorial Day weekend edition, rocking it out. Hopefully you're uh, having some barbecue and enjoying uh, some time with friends and family. And uh, speaking of friends that we're going to bring into the show, we're welcoming Bob Long to the show this morning uh, or this weekend. Uh, Find him on Twitter at Bob underscore Long, L-U-N-G. He is... The it is the winner of the FSWA's best fantasy football publication, the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. And Bob, the 2019 guide is live on Amazon right now for people to get. Correct? It is. And thanks again for having me on, guys. Always appreciate it. Always uh, exciting to be on with you. And 
Uh, great holiday weekend. But, yeah, it's on Amazon. If you want the printed copy, uh, Big Guy Fantasy Sports has the uh, PDF and uh, tier draft list, all the access to the consistency report tool that you can put in your own scoring method to find out how consistent players are in your league. So that's there as well. But the important thing is if you buy it on Amazon and you want an updated tier draft list or an updated guide that I'll be updating all summer, just email me and I'll send you a free copy of it because you've already paid for it and it's easier to do it that way than try to get it again on Amazon. So Great. I want to keep everybody so, up to date all the way to draft time. Hey, Mike, would you so, say, would you yeah, say yeah. it's the most thorough thing you've ever seen? Yeah, it's like 160 pages <laughs> it's long. Am- it's, it's really amazing. incredible. Oh, it's, it's awesome. incredible. So if you <laughs> yes. think that you're getting some leaflet with a couple no. of fantasy football stats on it, <laughs> this is not that. It's 160 <laughs> pages, and we'll break down uh, tiers of players and everything else, which is really sort of my mm. first question to you, Bob. And we'll get into all different types of teams and players and, and rankings. But sure. with your approach to your guide, like uh, sort of what is the step one in what you're trying to do in publishing this guide? What what delineates <clears throat> this maybe from some other fantasy football information you see out there? Right. Um, well, since 2002, the ultimate goal here is to bring the importance of consistency in a fantasy football head-to-head league uh, to the people that are out there preparing for their draft. And, you know, there's 60 million people playing out there, and I'm hoping that someday I can touch all of these folks with, with this information. But the key is, is that a lot of people forget about the fact that, um, you know, they look at the, the year-to-date stats. So they'll see that, you know, Drew Brees was the eighth best uh, in total points last year. Uh, Jared Goff was sixth in total points and think, Oh, well, they're top 10 quarterbacks. I should draft them. But the problem is is that Goff was only 57% consistent, and Drew Brees was actually under 50% consistent, which means less than half of the games last year, he was earning over 20 points in a a four-point passing 12-team league. Um, And that's why the tool comes into play, because you can actually put in how big your league is, how the scoring works, and, and see if that changes the consistency factor, clutch factor they have to get over. But that's what it's important is, you know, if you're, if you're not making the playoffs every year by a game or two, or, and especially if you're a high-scoring team and not making the playoffs, that's the most frustrating. You know, it's probably because you're drafting uh, inconsistent players. You're going after the, the big weeks instead of the consistent weeks. And that's what the guide is there to show, uh, to show those who are undervalued and, and overvalued um, and, you know, w- you know, why you should pick certain players at certain times and, you know, why that consistency factor is so important uh, when you're out there drafting. Yeah, Bob, I got to ask you too, like just uh, going through going through the guide. First of all, people, if you, it is the most concise breakdown. What It was absolutely, it's amazing, Mike. I'm just telling you, I feel smarter after uh, reading it there. I could tell you one yeah. thing, but what, what do you do, uh, Bob? The question I have too is obviously with the numbers that you throw in the, the supercomputer, the consistency rankings, how, how, how do you measure it? Did you ever, do you ever play with feel? That's the thing, because it's all very, very <laughs> heavy number-based thing. But right. just from, like, you know, how do you compare? Because we talk about it at uh, Daily Roto, the eye test, watching the games versus it, because the computer, you need you need that information to help you win. If you're not using it, it's usually a problem. But how do you play, I guess, basing all the mathematical projections and everything with a little bit of the eye test? How, how do you do that? Because it's very, very difficult to do. <laughs> You're right. And, and, you know, you still have to have that gut feel. I certainly have those. And, you know, I've been playing since 1985. So, you know, you certainly have those years where the numbers maybe don't exactly add up, but you kind of feel like uh, they're going to get the opportunity. And I think that's the most important is uh, the eye test, but it's more the opportunity test, too, is, um, you know, are they going to get that opportunity to prove that they can be consistent? And maybe they had one or two games. You know, I always look at that last six games of the season and you'll see like like last year's guide i was really high on george kittle because he earned four out of five clutch games at the end of the 2017 season and i said i think george kittle will be a really good value you're going to get him in the you know eighth tenth round um, and i drafted him on a lot of teams and so it was a little bit of opportunity a little bit of gut uh and it and of course paid off um but yeah you know you're always going to have that uh, you, you don't play fantasy football for any significant amount of time and not have that gut feel for a player every once in a while. And if there's a little bit of numbers to back it up, that's even better. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while, somebody comes out of nowhere and nobody knows, like Philip Lindsay. 
Um, so yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to base Good it call. on. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 there's always that, that there's always the gut involved, but I try to make it more about the numbers. So I have something to back up, you know, the, you know, my, my thoughts and my rankings and my feelings, but yeah, you're always going to have a little bit of gut in there. Yeah, good call on, on Kittle. He was really the only guy I was kind of yep. targeting in drafts last year because the position is such a mess year over right. year, and I, I don't want to pay for Ertz and um, Kelsey and last year Gronk uh, for the most part. Uh, but Kittle was a really good value. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Again, we're hanging out with Bob Long. You can find him on Twitter at Bob underscore Long. He uh, produces the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. Uh, so go to his Twitter handle, and you'll be able to find all the information on that so uh all right so a couple things uh we'll talk about kittle in a minute but just to approach some well first of all what you said about statistics and gut is really important Uh, i was laughing the other day because somebody mike clay from espn who we've played in leagues with and people know him uh, really well he comes out with team by team projections and game by game projections of win probability so somebody took his tweet about the Giants and their probabilities of winning and said, Mike Clay predicts the Giants will only win two games in 2019, to which Mike Clay responds, no, he doesn't. Because you can't say that with a 48% probability he thinks the Giants will lose this game to the Eagles and say, well, he's predicted definitively that the Giants will lose that game. No. It doesn't mean that. There are a wide range of outcomes and probabilities, and you can't assume because somebody says there's only a 48% chance that they'll win this game that they will lose. It means it's probably going to be a close game. One play either way, maybe a penalty, can flush it. So just on the wide spectrum of talking about probability and and consistency and projections, I think that's an important note for everybody. So with that in mind, I got a couple of running backs, which I need to ask you about, because since we're talking about consistency, you can look back last year and say, you know what? David Johnson finished as the RB9 in PPR leagues in fantasy football. But anecdotally, you think, you know what? I don't remember him winning me any games. So how do you feel about David Johnson? Because he didn't have the explosive games that he had back in 2016. How do you feel about David Johnson? New quarterback, shuffled some things around on this team. What do you look to see him do in 2019? Well, I kind of compared David Johnson in 2018 to Todd Gurley a few years ago when everybody wanted, you know, was thinking he was going to be a top five pick and he had basically kind of the same year David Johnson did last year. Good, but not great. But to the people that drafted him early, it was horribly disappointing. Um, So that made him a great value. Then the next year, uh, in 2017, uh, that, you know, then he exploded and was the number one running back. I kind of look at David Johnson the same way. Yeah, he had a down year. It wasn't, you know, because we thought he was a top three pick. But he, you know, ended up ranked ninth in total points, played all 16 games, which is very important for running back. So he was 69, 70% consistent. That ranked him 14th. So, you know, if you're getting him in the early to mid-second round as maybe your RB2 or as a solid RB1, really, you've got to believe he's going to improve. Again, you've got a better quarterback, better, you know, better weapons around him, a new coach that's all about offense. Um, you know, he's going to get a lot of balls out of the backfield. I really like David Johnson a lot this year. Um, I'll take him at the end of the first round. You know, I, I don't know what my – how high, you know, am I going to pick him number five overall? Eh, maybe not, but – you know, again, depends on who's still sitting there and who's available. But I really like David Johnson a lot this year. Um, I did a lot of best ball drafts before the actual NFL draft. And then he was going very low. I was getting David Johnson as my RB2 in like the late second round after getting like Zeke or uh, Barkley or somebody like that. So I thought at that point it was a great value. Now he's moved up, obviously, a little bit, a little bit higher. But I still think he's a very good value, and uh, I'd love to have him on my team in 2019. 
Bob, somebody around that uh, around that point is uh, Le'Veon Bell, too, kind of in that mix, you know, Fournette, David Johnson uh, with projection. I, I got to be honest with you, uh, he's going to have some motivation. I know the story with the Jets and Gase and, oh, they he didn't really want this guy or whatever. Also, you know what? People talk about the season off. It could be a benefit, too. When you're running back, you get beat down. He's not a young guy. So where do you, where do you project? Uh, what are your projections for Le'Veon Bell and the offense is young and getting better? Uh, what do you think he'll do? Because uh, I think he has a little bit upside with the Jets yeah I mean you know just just two years ago you know 2016-2017 you know he was 100% consistent one year 93% the next year in Pittsburgh yeah he's going to a team that doesn't have the same weapons uh, around him so you know I certainly have kicked him down a notch but you know he's definitely going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback he's definitely a first round pick Um, you know to me I think late first round is better um, you know, I, I've seen him go as high as five or six. Again, uh, you know, if I had to choose between Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, I think I'd go to David Johnson, but it's pretty close. Um, I think Bell has, you know, going to get the opportunity, got a chip on his shoulder. Um, it, I think it's going to really, really uh, be focused on can the Jets' offense around him keep the defenses, you know, in check so they're not stacking eight in the box and, and you know, mirroring him out on passing plays. Um, they, they, you know, Sam Darnold and, and the, the wide receivers and Chris Herndon and tight end, they've got to keep teams honest. And if they can't, it could be ugly. But, you know, I still think that with, the, you know, in a PPR format, I think Le'Veon Bell will certainly easily be top ten, probably top seven. I thought the Kalechi Osemele acquisition for them was really important on the offensive line. My concerns with the Jets' offense rely specifically around the offensive line. They don't have a number mm-hmm. one wide out, and Jamison Crowder is an injury-prone yeah. guy. Right. But if Crowder, if Crowder stays healthy, he's going to be an excellent safety valve. In an Adam Gates offense with Sam Darnold, Crowder could be a sneaky guy. It's just you're going to have to deal with a guy that could easily get hurt. So that that's really my concern around Bell more than anything else. Look, all of this drama, and I had Manish Mehta on from New York Daily News last week. He's a Jets beat writer, and the Jets managed to make themselves a, a back page story for being a joke again. When they finally had handed it over to the Giants and the Knicks, they they just the ultimate hold my beer moment. They came back and said, "No, we're really the biggest disaster here." Uh, here here's what it comes down to for me for the Jets, and, and tell me your thoughts on this, Bob. All of this stuff is extraneous if Adam Gase can make Sam Darnold as great as I think he can be. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes. Well, to. we hope so. The only thing that scares me is Adam Gase didn't do a very good job in Miami mismanaged the running back situation with Kenyon Drake. Sure. Um, now, Tannehill got hurt, so you can't say much there about the, the quarterback situation. But I, I think this is a make-or-break year for Adam Gase because I, I didn't think he did a very good job at all in Miami. And so now you're under the biggest stage in America, in New York. Um, if, he, if this team doesn't start off well and win a few games and, and at, least, at least be competitive – this could be an ugly year for the for the team I and mean, Adam Gates and company. I think Adam Gates's you know neck is on the line, and this is definitely a uh, you know do or die kind of situation for him and the team. Hey, Bob, uh, Damian Williams, a a guy that really came on for the Kansas City Chiefs. I find, you know what, uh, Mike, I find him very intriguing, and I'm looking at some ranking boards, like right around Ezekiel Elliott. Like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I I like Damian Williams, too. But uh, what what do you think, Bob? Because uh, people remember what they saw last, but uh, that was when Kansas City had a lot of injuries there and things were happening. Like, can he be that guy? Because I see a lot of projection with him a little bit higher than I would have him ranked. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a fan at all. In fact, if you read in the guide, I, I think I literally put it with lots of exclamation points. Please stop with the Damian Williams is a stud slash top 15 pick <laughs> for fantasy. Um, you know, what people don't remember is this guy only played 32 snaps until week 13. Not 32. You know, not, he didn't have 32 touches. He played 32 snaps. So he had the freshest legs in the league on an offense that you and I could probably have been productive because there were too many weapons to worry about. So, yeah, he looked good uh, in those last few games, looked good in the playoffs. But if he was really that good, do you really think the Chiefs would have went out and got Carlos Hyde and drafted a rookie running back? 
that tells me that they even they are smart enough to realize he's not the answer. Right now, I'm drafting Carlos Hyde in almost every league because I'm getting him in the 10th round. It's like my RB4. And only two years ago, Carlos Hyde was 75% consistent and caught 60 passes out of the backfield for San Francisco. I mean, I think Carlos Hyde takes the job sooner than later. Um, now, there may be certainly some RB, you know, RBBC-type scenario, but I, I'm not touching Damian Williams with any pick in any draft. I'll take Carlos Hyde late and, and watch him maybe take over by <laughs> week four or five, but I'm having no shares of Damian Williams. I year. can't believe how high he's ranked, Mike. Like, I'm just looking oh, at the number. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, this is out of control. Like, it's, it, a, it's, it's wow. a Mahomes bump. It's a it Mahomes sure bump for sure. Like yeah. David Johnson, yeah, I have to Bob's point. <laughs> yeah, to, to to Bob's point, David Johnson was cheap, and now there's a Kyler Murray bump, and yeah. David Johnson is not really going to be at value anymore. He's just a first round pick, and live right. or, live or die with it. So, um, all right. Well, so we'll we'll set a couple of things up uh, when we come back. There's two guys I want you to comment on when we come back from the break uh and they're actually why don't we make it all three because there's running backs in the afc north uh that people are going to be really salivating over and that's james connor nick chubb and even joe mixon so we'll talk about those guys when you come back i'll get you prepped and see how you feel about all of those guys individually so we're on here with bob long for uh yet another segment it's mike and cam the memorial day weekend edition of FST. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Memorial Day weekend edition of FST. I'm on with Cam Stewart at Cam Stewart Live on Twitter. I'm at Mike Blewett, and we're here with Bob Lung talking about a fantasy football consistency guide. He's on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. That's L-U-N-G. Uh, and you can also find updated uh, information on BigGuyFantasySports.com. So I set you up with the three AFC North running backs. You're a Browns fan uh, all as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a Steelers fan dealing with the post uh, post-drama era of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. So how do the guys that are left standing shake out? You have Nick Chubb, who's probably got the backfield to himself until Kareem Hunt comes back from suspension. You've got James Conner, who you're hearing uh, whispers or flat-out discussion of maybe him sharing the ball a little bit more to keep him healthier throughout the season. Uh, and then we have Joe Mixon who probably does have the ball to himself in a slightly rebuilt offensive line, which is a good thing, and hopefully a healthy Andy Dalton. So have at it. Where do you have these guys ranked, and what are your thoughts on them for 2019? Well, ranking-wise, they're all pretty close. I mean, I have Connor at number eight. I have Mixon at 10. Um, I probably have Chubb further down. I have him at 16. Um, you know, it's it's really because of the Kareem Hunt thing. I mean, in, you know, after week eight, Hunt's going to be in there, and I'm assuming they're going to be sharing carry. They certainly didn't sign him to sit on the bench and watch Nick run the rest of the season. Um, so that's the only thing that kind of bothers me uh, about him. If it, if he had the job to himself, he'd certainly be right up there with Connor. Uh, I think they're all very talented. They're all in good situations. Um, I'm actually kind of happy that they're going to uh, kind of uh, take a little bit away from James Connor and not push him too hard because – Obviously, got knocked out week 13, uh, so he missed the you know fantasy playoffs uh, for the team. So, you know that's that's never fun when you you're rolling along and you're so excited about this guy you picked up either late in the draft or on the waiver wire, and then all of a sudden he lets you down playoff time. But I think that's a good idea for them to maybe use Jalen Samuels or somebody like that to you know, just give him a rest a little more often than not. 
he was 85% consistent last year, ranked six in total points. And, you know, six in total points, and he missed three games. So definitely a stud there. Joe Mixon definitely gonna should have a better year. New uh, new coach, offensive coordinator. Like you said, improved offensive line. Andy Dalton should be back. A.J. Green will be back healthy-wise. So, you know, that team, I think that team could be a good offensive team. I think their defense is a little weak. So I think they'll be, you know, putting up a lot of points, which is good for fantasy. So I, I like all the teams. Well, of course, you know, I'm, I'm excited yet uh, apprehensive for my Browns because I've lived long enough to know you never get excited about a Browns team regardless of how good they look on paper because uh, something could happen. We call it the drive, the fumble, you name it. So um, I'm excited about that team. You know, there's certainly a lot of potential there for, for points, and it should be an exciting time in the AFC North. Okay, Cam, one thing before uh, you go. I, he, here's the one thing I would say to people, too. You could draft Nick Chubb with the yep. understanding that Hunt is going to come back, but you could also piece it together with something that Bob said earlier and draft Carlos Hyde so that yep, right. you, have to, you have to look at it in, in a total picture because assuming that your guy that you draft in the second or third round is going to be in there for 16 games and a workhorse back is fool's gold. It isn't happening. The few guys that can right. do that are drafted in the top 20 picks. Uh, for example, James Conner, Philip Lindsay were really unique situations last year. But right. you're trying to piece this together over the course of an entire season, picking depth guys. You can't assume that all the guys you draft are going to start. So maybe uh, Nick Chubb has at it for the first nine weeks, and then he's in a committee. Well, maybe Carlos Hyde doesn't have at it until week seven when Damian Williams gets run down, and then Hyde, out of nowhere, by week eight, is the starter. It's a very hypothetical scenario that I'm piecing together, but it is a realistic scenario that could happen, whether it's Carlos Hyde or somebody else. So that's all I'll say to anybody listening. Uh, I can uh, back over to you. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to talk about rookies, uh, guys, because they make or break you. Sometimes guys reach for the mic. We're big fans of college uh, football, and we get to see all yeah. these guys. But David Montgomery for the Bears, I find, is in a really good situation too, because Tariq Cohen is the scat back there, and I love his style at Iowa State. He was a banging type running back, very hard to uh, bring down there. Bob, what do we do with Montgomery? Some people have him inside, you know, the top twenty. Others maybe hovering around the thirty mark. I'm a big fan of David Montgomery, but I don't want to reach for him. What do you think about? him and the rookie class well in the guide there is an article called rookies versus consistency because that's a question i get every year you know well what how do you judge the consistency of the incoming rookies and well you can't unless you know now you get your special players your barclays your zeke elliott's uh you know obj uh, came in but in the article basically what i did since 2010 um, there have been 385 players drafted at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end in the first four rounds. And of those 385, only 32 of them actually earned over a 60% consistency rating in the rookie year. Last year, there were only two, Barkley, of course, and Baker Mayfield, who was only 64%, but obviously he earned 75% of that, you know, 75% over the last, uh, you know, second half of the season. Uh, but that was the only two, no wide receivers, uh, no other running backs, no other quarterbacks, and zero tight ends. Um, in fact, there's only been two tight ends since 2010 that's even earned over 60%. One was Evan Ingram, and one was Jordan Reed. So Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz, none of them over earned over 60%. So you see a lot of excitement about Noah Fant and, and Hawkinson and, you know, and Sternberger and those kind of guys. Yeah, there's very few that, that earn over that ranking. So – a guy like David Montgomery, you know, certainly got the talent, but so do a lot of these guys. Think about how high everybody was last year over Royce Freeman and Rashad Penny going into the season. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's those kind of things that people get excited. And I, I understand the shiny new toy aspect of it, but you also kind of have to look at the numbers and go, it's few and far between. Um, you know, and then they've got Tariq Cohen. They, they went out and got Mike Davis before they drafted Montgomery. Mike Davis could be, you know, so I, I almost see like a committee there. Maybe Montgomery, you know, um, takes over at some point. But I kind of go back to what we were just talking about. Injuries will prevail. Somebody's going to get hurt. That gives opportunity. Maybe it's Montgomery gets hurt, Mike Davis becomes a stud. Maybe it's Mike Davis that gets hurt, and Montgomery comes a stud. So 
it's just hard to predict. And I usually stay away from those kind of guys and those kind of situations. If it's within the first five rounds, I just don't want to take that chance. I'll stay with my consistent uh, proven veterans, uh, maybe take a flyer on a rookie or two somewhere later, but usually they're gone because everybody grabs them early. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Bob. I think on the whole, as a fantasy football player, I'm not yeah. saying to not draft rookies, but if your strategy was to fade rookies, especially at wide receiver and tight end, you're going to come out ahead. Yeah, because and at the end, yeah, you remember Penny in college, right, Mike? He was unstoppable. Yeah. Like when Seattle drafted yes. him, like wow, can't miss. But then Kurt Carson still got the job. He he's the Penny still probably he's second on the depth chart behind Carson. So excellent point by you guys. Yeah. Like it just they look great in college, but sometimes it doesn't translate there. And obviously right. there's opportunities for those running backs, be it by committees where David Montgomery may be or, or some other impact guys that can come in a little bit later in the year. But rookie wide receivers learning route trees and tight ends really having a very difficult task in front of them as a rookie, it, it's just hard for them to make an impact. Everything that Bob has talked about with some of these other names that he threw out there, those are the exceptions to the rule. So if you feel right. like you fleeced everybody because you took Calvin Ridley a round or two early, well, how consistent was he? He's a really good player. He's going to be great. <laughs> right. But he was he was fantastic for three weeks. And outside of that, right. you yeah. were like, oh, man, Calvin, I've had Calvin Ridley in my lineup since week four, and uh, he hasn't done much. Yeah, he's a rookie wide receiver <laughs> with a veteran yeah. quarterback and arguably the best wide receiver in the whole league sitting across from him. He's not going to get all the opportunities right away. Right, exactly. No, and that's the thing people, like I try to, and that's what I do that article for is, you know, I'm not just going to tell people, well, they, there's no consistency in rookies. I'm literally giving them the number saying, here it is, folks. You you know, you can take my word for it or not, but when less, I mean, when 8% of the, those top four-round players are being drafted, these are the guys you expect to be the studs, uh, rookie studs. And, and you know, even first-rounders, it's, it's not that high. In fact, the article breaks down, you know, what round they were drafted in so you can see it, you know, some you know those guys are drafting the fourth round. Like I think isn't Kamara a fourth round pick or third round pick? Um, yeah. And you know, obviously set the world on fire. So it, it's not even a round to round thing. It's just opportunity, talent. You know, just it, it's kind of hard to predict. And you know, I just try to stay away from as much as I can. But if there's a good value, there's a good value. But it's usually going to have to be after probably round six or seven before I'm even going to think about taking a shot and that might be more because of a handcuff than anything. Yeah. Uh, Mike, should we move on to the receivers? I, I guess with Bob right now, we're we good with the uh, running backs. Was, yeah. We got a few minutes <laughs> left. I, I would say like, um, well, why don't we do it like this? Give us your, your favorite value at QB and tight end, because I talk all the time how I, I just wait at those two positions because there's no Good reason call. to pay, <laughs> yeah. uh, to pay at either up. position. So, yeah. so, so uh, maybe a, a good value guy that you like at tight end and QB, specifically to talk about Kittle, because I, I, there's a lot of talk about regression for him, and I understand why, because a, b a whole bunch of people are coming back and have been added to the team. So maybe a value guy there. We'll see if we can squeeze something in at wide receiver after that. Gotcha. Well, let me bring up a new concept that I actually created this year. Um, we've all heard about streaming quarterbacks. Um, and so I took that concept and then applied the consistency scenario to it. So in the guide this year is two new articles called Constreaming. That's the short version of it. And basically what I'm showing is, is that um, instead of maybe going after the Mahomes, Watson, Rogers luck in the first five rounds, picking guys that you can literally can stream, but based on their consistency, home versus away. So, like, if you take a Jared Goff who's 73% consistent at home and a Matt Ryan who's 72% consistent on the road, you can get those guys in the 8th, ninth, you know, 7th through ninth or 10th round um, while you load up on all the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and you're still going to get maybe a 75% consistent quarterback, which is what Watson and Rodgers and Luck roll were, and you don't have to waste the, an early pick on them. And I also have an article that does the same thing with the tight ends. Uh, instead of going after the studs early, you go and pick a, a Delaney Walker or a O.J. Howard or a Evan Ingram or somebody in sixth round or later, get two of them, 
and then just stream them back and forth again based on their consistency. And, you know, is this something that I'm going to try this year quite a bit uh, and hope that, you know, and, and, and prove that this works, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks that just are, have some interesting uniqueness to their consistency. Um, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is like 35% consistent on the road, but he's 80% consistent at home. Okay, so we only play him when he's at home. Uh, but going back to Kittle, you know, again, I love Kittle as much as anybody, but he's going in the first three rounds with Ertz and, and Kelsey. And, yeah, yeah, I'm out. You know, I'm out on in that. the guide, yeah. it shows that you can get them, you know, and they're worthy of those numbers, especially Kelsey. Um but it's still, you know, it's still like, man, I think I'd rather wait and, and get the running backs and wide receivers because that's where all the talent, you know, that's where all the numbers come from. There's a lot of O.J. Howard truthers out there now, I feel like, Cam. Yeah. So I, I think that value is going to explode guy, here. Uh, what, some guys rank him like fourth there, like O.J. Howard. He, he's yeah. a, he, it's a kind of an interesting. He's a mixed bag. Like you, you have some real different, uh, you know, people in their their assessment of O.J. Howard. I, I, I think he's a beast. And you know what, Mike? It's a little bit deeper, though. Like you look at Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ingram. Henry, Howard, and then what about Ebron? He's a touchdown machine to Joku. I remember before we talked about if you don't have a couple of the main guys, but guys are coming back from injury, the Hunter Henrys of the world and stuff. Jack so. Doyle. Jack, Jack Doyle. Doyle's gonna be yeah. Jack Doyle's gonna be mainly free as far as draft yeah. value is concerned. And for sure. Um, people are just going to assume that Ebron is the primary tight end there, and I, I'm not entirely convinced. I'm not saying I'm definitely right. I'm just saying uh, the value that I'm going to have to pay for Jack Doyle is well worth what could be a 70 to 70, 70 to 80 catch tight end. That's where right. I try to live at that position because uh, on the flip side, Kittle could end up with the same amount of catches. I know how great he was last year, but there's too many other factors at play for me to pay for that. So, uh, Cam, what's a wide receiver question you might have to close it out? Well, yeah, just Antonio Brown with the Raiders. I know a lot. You know, some guys rank him. I think he's just a little bit overvalued with that situation. Um, you know what? He's going to have to be the big dog in Oakland now. There's no Juju Smith-Schuster there. You know what, Bob? It changes things. I see him like you know the fourth, fifth receiver. I think that's a little bit high for Brown. But you know, are people going to be reaching for him? Where do you go? I know Mike, uh, you're a Steeler fan. There, he, he's with the silver and black. I'm just, I'm just not so sure. I see regression. Where do you rank him? I have him eight. Um, and I have him down quite a bit as well because he's, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh, he's 100% consistent, 93% consistent last year. You know, he has certainly been the stud of studs. Um, but like you said, there was always somebody on the other side that would take a little bit of the pressure off or they had Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, coming out of the backfield. Raiders, not so much. And you've got a quarterback who's not as strong as Big Ben, you know, throwing and staying in the pocket. So, I have him regressing. Like I said, I have him at wide receiver eight. I haven't drafted him yet because I'm usually looking at somebody else around him, like a, you know Michael Thomas or Mike Evans or a Keenan Allen, who's got got the consistency as well. And I feel like they're still in the right spot for that. Uh, so I, I guess I'd have to say I'm probably fading on Antonio a little bit this year. And Good Mike, stuff, what do we Bob. tell? What do we ask for Bob's uh, Browns over under nine and a half wins? <laughs> yeah, what, I think I know where this is going. So, what do you think? Over, <laughs> over, under nine and a half on the Browns. Uh, I'm going to be the 55 year old Cleveland Brown fan who knows better, and I'm going to say <laughs> under, under, just because yes. it's the Browns. Something can happen. <laughs> I'm not betting my house on on more than you know on ten wins or more. I hope it happens. But I'm never, never, never going to be too optimistic for the team. Um, I'm going to say man. I'm going to say they're going to get nine and get under. A smart man, but uh, I like that you're you're fading it for now. You can you can always root with your heart, but uh, my right. my concern there is is Kitchens as a first year head coach having to bring all of this stuff together. I think it's a lot of pressure uh, with Baker coming back. A lot of I don't egos. necessarily, yeah, I, I don't necessarily a see a sophomore slump, but it's going to be hard for him to be consistent, which is a perfect way to close out. So good stuff from Bob uh, Lung there, fantasy football consistency guide. Find him on Twitter at Bob underscore Lung. Great job, Bob. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So we'll come back uh, after the break. Uh, Cam and I will talk a little bit more football and then mix it up in hour number three. It's Mike and Cam. We'll be right back.